We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. For those of you that are in business, one of the things that you know that you had to deal with was setting up an email marketing system. There are so many choices out there, whether it's uh, using your own CRM, it's using a third-party email marketing provider, it's using your own email address to be sending out mass emails. By the way, hint, hint, never do that um, and more. But as we're going through uh, this week's episode and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about how to really use email marketing, excuse me, to your benefit. We're going to be talking about on this step one of using email marketing, how to choose the right provider. And before we jump into it, we want to welcome Patricia back. Hope that your travels were well. We missed you the last couple of weeks. And so welcome back. And uh, because you're back and Daniel and I had the last three episodes, just the two of us, I'm going to start with you. When we look at email marketing platforms, there's a lot of things we need to be taking into account. What are some of the really major things? that we need to consider before we even start looking at creating email marketing messages? Yeah, that's a really good question. So you need to discuss with your marketing team what kind of campaigns you're gonna have. Are you going to have like one-off or short series type campaigns? Are you going to have, um, autoresponders so people opt into something and then they get you know follow-up messages for however long <laughs> um, some providers do part of that and not the other part of that so you need to know that piece um, a lot of providers these days are offering other kinds of services too so like uh texting capacity, um, a CRM that, you know, it's right in the, right in the, in the software and tracks what people do, don't do interactions that you have with them. So those are some considerations to take into account. Daniel, is there anything else that we need to be thinking about when we set up where we're going? No, I actually am sitting back taking notes from what Patricia told <laughs> I've got a system I might need to think about swapping out, uh, except there's a pain of disconnect. I've got <clears throat> different sign-up forms and everything all over websites, so <laughs> I don't know about this. 
Uh, the other question that I would have, you, um, Patricia, you mentioned other um, capabilities and things that some platforms have. Um, uh, automation, different types of automation, or um, what else uh, comes to my mind? Um, like the term would be personalization. It's like old fashioned mail merge, right? Yeah. Uh, but where you can plug in different uh, personal values. So it, it feels at least a little more personal than just a, a blanket templated email. <laughs> yeah, personalization is good if it's done right. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I've, I've seen ones I got I read one yesterday, I think it was from somebody to me. And it had my name in the middle of it. Now, Patricia, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, that's good use of that, actually. <laughs> I've always, <laughs> nearly the, the extent of how I've used it is, you know, hey, Patricia. And then the, my, the body of my email. Um, I've actually gone to just, hey, a lot of times because I don't have the name. I don't want it to stick in some horrible word like friend. Hey, friend. I mean, how impersonal is that? But hey, hey is a good word to use because it's not. Let me walk that back a little bit. It's it's personal and it's familiar. And we respond when we someone says, hey. <laughs> And I oh, actually yeah. got this from watching how Frank Kern does his emails. Um, hmm. Maybe people don't know who Frank Kern is, but hmm. back in, he's, he's still a bit of a force to be reckoned with, but he was somebody I followed for quite a few years. Hmm. So personalization would be a, a good capability though, to look it at. Is it is good, so. yes. And, and I don't know enough. I'm assuming that practically every system out there has some capability of doing that. Yeah, they do. If they don't, you're probably uh, probably getting what you're paying for. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and sometimes depending on how what kind of traffic you're bringing in, you might not even ask for their name when they opt in, just put your email address in here, being, you know, um, that doesn't allow you to do much personalization. <laughs> yeah. But Okay, so another uh, capability question that has popped in my head, um, Patricia, <laughs> at least between you and me anyway, you're the expert on this stuff. Um, some kind of an email builder inside the system? Most of them um, have that these days. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the emails that I get from people, and I can tell they're automated or whatever, um, but they tend just to be text. But yeah. sometimes there's value in building a more elaborate email to send, isn't there, with graphics and colors and headers and banners? and. Yeah, it, it all depends on, you know, your brand and how you need to present yourself and and what kind of um, open rate you're acceptable <laughs> getting. Uh, as a baseline, if they open the email, the text is going to load. When we start adding images and 
you know, HTML effects, it, it doesn't necessarily load in and it may get flagged by a spam filter somewhere. It's more likely to, or rather it's less likely to if you send just a plain text. So you have to balance out what it is that you're sending, what's acceptable, and how you, you know, feel you need to be presented in your emails. Right. And I actually want to piggyback on what Patricia was just saying, because Google is the world's largest email provider, right? Between the Gmail platform and the um, Google workspace emails that many businesses are using. And so when I talk about Google, in that sense, please understand I'm talking Gmail and the business email platform. They flag messages that are sent out in templated form, meaning the graphical interface, more likely as promotional messaging. Mm -hmm. Because when you email me directly, Daniel or Patricia, you are sending me straight text. You may have a little bit of HTML in a signature, but it's pretty much going to be straight text. Every now and then you may bold something if you need to, simply because you're trying to make sure that I'm seeing what it is you're sending me. <laughs> but there's going to be that personalized nature, which is going to be one of the things you want to take into account. If you ever see the way, though, that uh, providers like Constant Contact and MailChimp send you email, as opposed to the templated stuff that they have available, it always comes as text, right? Which is a really important thing to keep in mind. If they themselves are sending it primarily as text, you want to be doing the same thing they're doing. That's one of the things you want to be taking into account. The other thing also to take into account is if there are images, and we were talking about open rates, one of the things that many devices are set up for is not to open images from remote servers by email because they can contain unwanted information or can trigger certain acts that will be a problem. And so it'll also impact your open rate, believe it or not, because you're, when you're sending an email, there is a pixel that the email provider is including in your email that when it triggers, it tells the system, oh, they opened up your email. They opened it again. They opened it again. And so sometimes we don't know how many true open rate we have because we're not getting the realistic number there. But that's an entirely different conversation for another uh, one of our episodes. But as we look at the strategy, though, and choosing the particular platform, is there anything else that we want to be taking into account? I mean, list segmentation would be one of those things that I would be thinking about. Um, not every provider offers the same segmentation availability at every price point. So price may come into consideration. Is that something that we need to be paying attention to? Or do we just say, let's start with the basics. We're doing an email newsletter and go from there. I mean, what do you guys think? Well, it kind of depends on what you're going to be using it for. If you're just sending a newsletter, you know, use something that just sends out, you know, 
individual campaigns like a newsletter would be. Um, if you're going to have people opting in for something, you know, a little bit more than maybe just a newsletter, yeah, you're going to want to segment that. As in in my my personal for me, if it doesn't offer segmentation, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> Um, the other thing that I would look for in choosing a provider is how many experts can I find out there for that platform? Hmm. Because especially as the platforms get more sophisticated, yes, there's a lot more you can do with it. And it can be a real time suck if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're going to want an expert, somebody that can come in and do it, do it right, set it up for you. Maybe leave a video as to how to use this thing. If it's something, something that you that need to change or replicate. You know, or, you know, be on a retainer or something. Hmm. You, yeah, you're going to want somebody that knows how to do at least some of the more sophisticated pieces of it, if not the whole thing. Right. Thank you. Daniel, you look like you wanted to chime in there for a second. Uh, no, actually, I'm just soaking on this. This is really good. <laughs> okay. So that look of I'm ready to talk was just, ooh, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. So the other thing that I would recommend looking at also is that they are GDPR compliant. For those of you that may not know what GDPR is, it is <clears throat> right now anyway, a European Union requirement about data privacy. But here's why I'm saying GDPR compliant, because as more and more states here in the United States even are adopting privacy uh, laws, it is important to know that the information that the European Union has already been requiring for a number of years now is going to be something that the platform is already capable of, and that it is not something that they are going to have to scramble to implement as more and more states continue adopting these privacy regulations. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, and I wouldn't use a provider that didn't allow the person receiving the email to opt out on their own. So I mean, that's you want to know that you remove somebody's information so that you don't have it. Right. So there's a lot of those different pieces that we want to be taking into account as we are moving forward from here. There's a lot of these open questions. There's a lot of those thought processes that you're going to be wanting to put into practice as you continue moving forward. On that note, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters. And until next time, here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast 
programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line that matters.